0: What are 2011's career trends in incident response? Hi, this is Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. We pick up our conversation now with Georgia Kilcrease, a member of the technical staff and the Enterprise Threat and Vulnerability Management Team within the CERT program at the Software Engineering Institute. Well, Georgia, you talked about the sophistication of the miscreants, as you say, and their tools. To be able to combat them, What are the skills now needed for professionals that are going into incident response, incident management, the other areas we've talked about?
1: I think that the types of skills that we will need to see are those that we even see today. Um, um, But what we will need to see is that as systems become more complex, it's important for organizations to recruit, train, and retain and management staff who are experienced and who are able to manage and administer these systems. Um, We all know skilled staff are harder to find. It's well known that there's a shortage of those qualified people out there. Um, But I think the good news is that there is a large body of work that is now publicly available or can be available through tender training, from books to best practices to training and certification. And these can help organizations to create teams to handle and manage their approaches to incidents. The guidance uh, helps by providing information about what kind of capability your organization might need, uh, what are the staff that you need, the services that you'll provide, where do you get the training, etc. Um, but I think that it, you know at the end of the day, the the keys are that. The staff have an awareness of the organization's mission and business drivers, and that that the response capabilities, if you will, align with those business drivers. And the key components are, you know, certainly technical knowledge about those systems and the network uh, architecture, how the hardware and software products are uh, organized and orchestrated, um, what are the systems that are being used, what are the applications that are running, and the system and network configurations, the tools, the peripheral devices, et cetera, how all those components play together, uh, what are the services that are being provided, and what ports and protocols are in use. All of those are crucial uh, for the technical staff to understand. They've got to have analytical skills to be able to analyze those problems. We're like detectives. We're always looking for the clues to help us solve the problem. And now we have to look at those clues in, in many more places than we've ever had to look before. So really having people who have good problem-solving skills is is a critical um, component of that portfolio of skills. Um, Certainly time management skills, uh, the ability to prioritize um, and categorize the the work. What are you doing? What is the appropriate response? Uh, And being part of a team, because incidents aren't going to happen in isolation. Management leadership skills are definitely important. Leveraging the skills and analyzing activity and being able to break apart and delegate tasks to others will be highly desirable skills. And especially when you're dealing with high-priority incidents that happen and your resources are strained. you got to be able to you know, have multiple parallel sets of activities going along and then be able to pull that all, all together again to see what the big picture is. And just certainly from my own experience, we we have to be flexible and adaptable and agile because this is a changing environment and we have to be able to quickly be able to modify our approaches and the ways that we respond to things to fit the needs of of the particular events that are happening. And those are just some of the the more concrete skills, but we certainly see that there are soft skills that are equally as important. Um, In some sense, we've said that you can teach some of the technical skills. Uh, but some of those softer skills are, are almost inherent in people's abilities and their, and their consciousness, if you will. So looking for people to have high integrity and they're loyal and they have, um, uh, the, I think I said integrity, they have the right communication skills. They're good listeners as well as presenters, and they know how to speak the right message to the right audience. Um, so they have to be self-starters and be dependable and be willing to learn. And so those are all, I think, the types of skills we'll continue to see um, as we are looking for people that are out there. Being ethical, being honest. And, and by the way, all those things that I've just mentioned are, are the same kinds of skills uh, that I think the employees want to see in, in their employers as well.
0: Now I'm going to ask a question. I know you're going to have a biased answer here, but for people that want to develop these skills, mm-hmm. whether they're they're starting a career or restarting a career, career even, where are the best places to go for skill development?
1: Uh, well, I think there again, the, the the news is good. We we see more training. I mean, 20 years ago, it was very hard to find even a uh, a page full of references that would talk about. Uh, Incident response and and computer security incidents, but that's no longer true today. Uh, Educational institutions are adding curricula, degree-granting programs that focus on cyber issues. Uh, We see more of those degree-granting programs being created. Uh, The public and the private sector are, you know, looking for ways to get them younger, um, actually reaching back and into the high schools and the earlier, even earlier, um, to look for. Um, developing paths that will interest students in these careers. Um, I, I, I'm you know, quite, I think, happy to see the, the government taking some of the initiative in developing programs like the Scholarships for Science to get uh, young young students into the programs where they provide service to the government after they uh, graduate. Um, I was just happening to, to look and do some research and was um, actually surprised to see that there were 106 different U.S. universities uh, that have been, you know, designated as those national centers of excellence. I had thought the number was much lower, so I was quite happy to see that that large a number. And we also see that there there's uh, a need for um, more involvement in the curriculum that that looks at uh, developing that professional cyber workforce we're still in those early years I mean we're not as as concrete a discipline for example as software engineers or the medical practice but we do see the trend moving in that direction where there will be you know more and more emphasis you know, placed on on developing cyber and information assurance as a, a disciplined um, area so we'll begin to see more I think, certifications and more licensures coming uh, down the pipe um, and more ways to take what you've learned from that theoretical point of view and actually have it applied in a practical way for you know evaluating your competency and doing the work so not just learning it but doing it and doing it well um, we see a lot more in the in the way of Um, professional training and development programs that are out there, uh, courses where you can go to vendor-specific training, uh, incident handling training, uh, malware analysis, etc. But, you know, again, I think that the key point is that that learning doesn't, it's not static, It's, it's just the start. Technology is changing, attacks and threats are evolving, and changes are occurring within organizations that change how they will respond and who they need to respond to. And so staff have to be able to continue to learn. They have to continually be able to develop in a professional way to change with the changing time. So it's more than just learn at once, it's ongoing awareness and training opportunities for you know, being exposed to conferences or other training courses for that professional development. And so organizations need to think and plan for that um, as part of their proactive planning to, to ensure they have good uh, response staff on hand and that they can you know, keep them trained and, and, more importantly, keep them retained in their organization.
0: Now, you've got the benefit of being able to see multiple organizations across multiple industries. Do you see leaders, whether a particular industry or organization, that really stand out when it comes to incident response?
1: Well, I honestly can't say that I can answer that um fully. But but what I can do is better characterize what the leaders would be. And we see leaders in the environment as those organizations who have looked at the whole area of incident management and have defined their the the mission and the vision of the team as well as the goals and objectives of the team as it serves the business drivers of that organization. So I think that's a key component, really aligning Uh, the team's activities with with the business that, you know, that organization has. Um, Those leaders will have very clearly articulated uh, what the team provides and to whom, and they have well-defined processes in place uh, to protect their systems, to detect anomalous or abnormal behavior when it occurs, and more importantly to know, you know, what is the appropriate response uh, in the face of those attacks and, and threats and they knew what to do so that they can get back to business. We also see that uh, those types of leaders, those organizations, will have good means for communicating back to their constituency, whether it's through awareness and training. Um, they you know find ways to ensure that their employees, their business partners, their customers, et cetera, all understand what you know the threats are and what each of these individuals, more importantly, can do become a strong link in that organizations change. and and I think finally the, the you know the leaders in this kind of um, incident response activity or incident management activity, they really value their staff and they you know again assure, assure, ensure that they continue to learn and grow as the organization grows or changes so that keeping the lines of communication open, Um, finding ways to ensure that, you know, their staff get what they need in order to provide the service that the organization needs to help protect it and keep its business on track.
0: George, a final question for you. We've covered a lot of ground here, but if you could boil it down, what advice would you give to an organization looking to build an effective or more effective incident management team as we go into 2011?
1: Um, well, again, I'll, I will point to the the wealth of information that is out there. If, if it's a new team just starting out, I think, uh, you know, speaking from our own perspective because we've put so much information out there, a good place to start is at the, is at the CERT website, of course, so www.cert.org. Um, and more specifically, looking on our CERT development page... Uh, which contains many publications and guidance documents, as well as pointers to other references that can help organizations un- understand what's going on in this environment. But we're not the only one. I think there are other uh, sites that, that provide just as uh, informative materials. Um, USERT has a, w- a website at www.us-cert.gov. Www.us-cert- um, they provide information primarily to the federal civilian agencies, but there's also technical and non-technical information available to the average users. Um, NIST, the National Institutes of Standards and Technology, has a wealth of information and special publications. talk about creating response teams to building secure systems to um, running different types of protocols. So that's a good resource. In the European community, ENISA, uh, which is the European Network and Information Security Agency, um, also provides a clearinghouse of different information on incident handling practices. Not the least of which uh, is FIRST. FIRST is the Forum of Incident Response and Security Team. Um, this is the global effort. Uh, the team has, you know, more than 230 teams across 48 countries. And, again, brings together a broad community of security and incident response teams. So there, too, they have lots of information. Um, SAMS is a a commercial organization also providing lots of publicly available information on cybersecurity issues, training, certification as well. And then you can go to the vendors. Um, Lots of the vendors, popular vendors, um, make a lot of security information available and talk about teams. Um, and putting together response plans. And there are a variety of books that are now out there on incident response, incident handling, incident management. And, and that's also a very nice trend that we've seen over the last um, several years is that there are more and more um, products that are available that can help people in these different areas.
0: Well, George, I appreciate your time and your insights today. Thank you so much.
1: You're very welcome. I was happy uh, to speak with you. And please, um, you know, good luck with the broadcast, and I was uh, happy to speak with you.
0: We've been talking about incident response. We've been talking with Georgia Kilcrease with the CERT program at the Software Engineering Institute. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.